Hello, this is the Hunter Street Chronicle, and I'm Colin Chapika. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed your long weekend, because it certainly was a nice one. The weather was kind to us, despite the Friday being super rainy. It was a beautiful Canada Day weekend, so I certainly hope you got out there and celebrated your pride, even in a small way, whether that was thinking about going to see fireworks, or even just remembering that it was Canada Day weekend, that you didn't have to go into work. It was a, it was a nice time, and Canada Day is always a very interesting time in Peterborough because it's usually very busy and Peterborough is a proud town and we are very much happy to live in the country that we do and it's been an exciting time to be a Canadian and even to be a Peterborough Canadian um, because last week Obama spoke at the Canadian House of Commons and this was a huge huge deal because uh, Obama is obviously one of our favorites up here and the relationship brewing between Trudeau and Obama is a lot of fun for us to watch um, but this was Obama's last official trip to Canada um, and which is really cool because uh, he came in and he addressed Canadian Parliament which is the first time a president has done that in 21 years the last one being Bill Clinton um, so it's really Really nice to see that this relationship between the Canadian and United States government kind of coming back full circle. Uh, he had a 50-minute speech, which is a long, long speech, and it covered anything from his love of Trudeau to the progress Canada is making on Indigenous reconciliation to the gender inequality that still plagues us, as well as he really subtly highlighted his distaste with intentionally divisive politics and everything going on with Trump and Brexit and all of that. It's, it's very exciting to know that Obama really actually does pay attention to what's going on up here and that we do actually have, have a sense nationally that we're making some progress and that's being echoed residually. And Obama obviously is a really cool guy and it, frankly my favorite part of the speech went something like this. And here in Canada, the world has been inspired as Canadians across this country have opened up their hearts and their homes and we've watched citizens knitting Tooks to keep refugees warm in the winter. <laughs> and we've seen your Prime Minister welcome new arrivals at the airport and extend the hand of friendship and say, you're safe at home now. And we see the refugees who feel that they have a special duty to give back and seize the opportunity of a new life. Like the girl who fled Afghanistan by donkey and camel and jet plane and who remembers being greeted in this country by helping hands and the sound of Robin singing. And today she serves in this chamber and in the cabinet because Canada is her home. Now, obviously, I am super proud to say that Obama was speaking about our local MP, Miriam Monsef, in that clip. She is an extraordinary member of the Peterborough community who has worked her ass off to get to where she is. And frankly, I think it's just uh, such an inspirational and an awe-inspiring story to, to know that someone could come from such a place of struggle and despair and climb, climb the ranks into Canada and finally establish a position of authority and begin to give back to the country she so much wanted to come to.
Moving right along, and on the same heel of Obama and Trudeau, uh, something I didn't really hear about in the news last week as I was kind of perusing for things to talk about, which I feel like sh probably should have been mentioned, was that uh, the Canadian, the United States, and the Mexican government has just signed a new agreement regarding climate change, and the idea was these countries had just got together in a North American summit, and they have committed to generating 50% of their energy from clean sources by 2025, which is nine years at this point which frankly is just a step in the right direction. Climate change, I'm sure it will be brought up over and over and over again on this podcast, but I've yet to really dig my heels into that whole issue because frankly at this point it's really well known, but it's good to know that at least some of the most powerful countries in the world are starting to make some active progress towards this issue. Alright, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is something I should have investigated into a hell of a long time ago. Um, I get a lot of questions about, about it at work and from all around because people kind of assume that I have a general idea what's up, but I don't. So I finally did, did some time and researched what's going on for Canada and the legalization of marijuana. Um, so we all know on 420 and before it, Justin Trudeau campaigned that he would be legalizing. And like I said, on 420, the government announced that they were planning on announcing legalization in spring 2017. Now, that seems like a long way off, and it seems like we haven't heard a lot out of our government since about it, so what's taking so long? Um, and I've since learned what is taking so long. First things first, the government has put together a nine-member task force um, that's uh, made up of a group of health and justice ministers, as well as five doctors. Um, the idea is this group is going to go around and do some research and some investigation. They're going to talk to provincial, territorial, mun municipal governments, uh, to indigenous communities, youth and health experts um, in order to kind of n narrow down how they want to legalize and necessarily all the, all the kind of legislations and restrictions and limitations that might need to be put in place when legalization comes. Um, they say the doctors on the committee obviously are stating that health and the developing brain and that kind of thing and the health risks related to smoking or ingesting marijuana are the main priority of this research group and they are due out for a report in November. So just so everybody knows, possession of marijuana is still criminal. It is not decriminalized in Canada. It has yet to be decriminalized, and it will be a criminal substance up until legalization date. Um, the interesting kind of gray area that's come up is the right to grow. It, it's The government is being looked into, is, is looking into it, I should say, but there's no official stance yet. It, I don't know, personally, if we will be allowed the right to grow. It, it That's something that obviously will be highly controversial if it is restricted. However, I think the government's going to want to keep tabs on where all that product is coming from. The age to buy is most likely going to be at least 18. Um, there are a few rumors saying that it's probably going to be 21 or 25, but that's just based on the science argument that the risks of ingesting marijuana before then are elevated um, versus if you were to smoke after, your brain has technically stopped developing at 25.
Another big question I often get regarding the legalization is where the hell are we going to buy it? Um, and as far as we know, Justin Trudeau has said it's not going to be sold in corner stores, and that also means, unfortunately, team, that it's not going to be sold in your local head shops either. Um, and everything that's gone down in Toronto, um, it, the dispensaries, unfortunately, are a luxury and a false dream. Um, every sale is going to vary provincially, um, but the idea behind the dispensaries was the medical loophole was being taken advantage of, I hate to say it, and people were just going in and technically unlawfully accessing medical marijuana, and that's why all those things got raided. And frankly, like I said, the government's really going to want to keep tabs on this stuff in the next coming months, especially since they are planning most likely to tax it, and therefore they can make a hell of a lot of money off of it, so they don't want anyone necessarily accessing it without paying those taxes. Um, another big question, too, is where are we going to be allowed to smoke? And frankly, it's just going to be the same as booze, everybody. It's going to be at home, in your private residence, or if there's lounges or that kind of thing. For it, Everything, everything about legalization of marijuana is going to be exactly like liquor. We're probably going to see it sold out of government-regulated buildings by government workers. So that means Buddy Behind the Counter is getting paid $18 or whatever it is an hour to sell you pot, which is great. So... I, I I always am hesitant to bring this up because people are really, really excited but a little impatient about the legalization. But what main main thing is is that it's on its way. It's being looked into. We are closer than ever to seeing legalization. But the m most important thing is that marijuana is still criminal right now. There is no answer from the government about past charges being changed. And the idea is it, you will be arrested for possession, trafficking, all of those terrible things up until the day marijuana is legalized nationwide. All right, now to take a little bit of a veer in the opposite direction, uh, I'm going to talk about something that I was a little bit oblivious um, in knowing about up until someone messaged me and told me that I should look into it if I really am a Trudeau supporter, and that is the the Canada Canada's deal with Saudi Arabia, and it's a big big package of information. I'm hopefully going to try to take a stab at it, and it, it's going to be interesting for me to shit on Trudeau, because frankly, I've, I've loved a lot of stuff that he's done already, but this is something that I don't think he is handling very well. So essentially, Canada and Saudi Arabia have been trade partners, and uh, the, we do a lot of trade between each other, and we've been doing uh, a lot of trade, especially since in Saudi Arabia, the surrounding countries, uh, there's a lot of opposition, and Canada and Saudi Arabia doesn't necessarily want to be dealing with those countries. Um, so in February of 2014, our former Prime Minister Stephen Harper uh, signed the longest weapons contract in Canadian history. Um, the idea was Canada is to sell military equipment in the form of military and commercial vehicles to Saudi Arabia. Um, it's a multi-billion dollar contract. Um, it, there was an undisclosed amount of vehicles that would be made and manufactured. However, However, it was boasted to create 3,000 jobs in Canada as well as benefit Canada's big businesses and was not opposed by any government when it was passed in 2014. When Trudeau took office, he has continued to support this contract and said the government will continue as planned. 
So what's the big deal? Why am I bothering to invest some time to research into this and then spout it back at you? Um, it's because this bill has been controversial since it started, and it's because of Saudi Arabia and their, their history of human rights violations. There is a plethora of evidence that the Saudi Arabian government is being extremely brutal towards their citizens and anyone pretty much who they don't like. Um, they have policies like a counter-radicalization program with the goal to combat extremist ideologies and instill the true values of the Islam Islamic faith into people. And that's, and that's a government policy. They also have a strict use of corporal punishment. So, for instance, if you were caught stealing or doing any petty crimes, you risk the possibility of having your feet cut off, your hands cut off. Women are lashed for being adulterous often after coming forward and saying that they have been victims of rape. Uh, th these practices have been defended as legal traditions that are 1,400 years old, um, despite numerous international committees, countries, and forces calling out Saudi Arabia and labeling them as guilty for violating human rights on so many different levels. Like, they also have capital punishment, which is incredibly accepted over there, um, and the idea through public stonings, public beheadings, and firing squads, all followed by a crucifixion for anyone committing a crime anywhere from witchcraft to murder. Um, the, Saudi Arabia has a known and very long history of human trafficking as well, which is often not consented to, and, and the people involved are, don't often volunteer for it and are forced into it. And, this, and their culture... I, it's soaked in discrimination, often based on different religious views, and these beliefs are perpetuated in the media and through the government. The Saudi media is heavily, heavily censored by the government. It, the, any expression of dissent will land you in prison, and there's an estimated 30,000 political prisoners in Saudi Arabia currently, and there's a plethora of evidence showing the government using military vehicles to crush protesters, and these are the very same vehicles the Canadian government is supplying. Now, Trudeau continues to defend this contract despite numerous people and numerous reports coming out every day of the atrocities going on in Saudi Arabia, and he has had this to say about continuing the deal. Fundamentally, uh this issue is a matter of principle. The principle at play here is that Canada's word needs to mean something in the international community. Uh, as I have said every single time I've ever been asked uh, about this contract, this contract was signed in February of 2014, uh, and uh, we will be respecting uh, that contract. Uh, it is important uh, that People know that when they sign a deal with Canada, when they sign a commercial agreement, a change in government isn't going to lead to that contract being ripped up. And what we have committed to uh, is a level of openness and transparency moving forward uh, that will make sure that Canadians will be reassured uh, on any new contract signed uh, that we are doing a better job than perhaps the previous government did on uh, respecting uh, our principles, our values, and indeed our laws. Uh, but there is not one uh, party in the House of Commons uh, that uh, has suggested uh, that we tear up this contract. Uh, the Conservatives signed it. Um, the NDP have said you simply do not uh, rip up contracts. Uh, there are, and there continue to be, 
uh, concerns that Canada has uh, and a strong voice that Canada has on the world stage around human rights that we will continue uh, to engage with and uh, stand by. But the principle of Canada uh, ensuring that contracts are respected uh, you know, to set aside the question of all the uh, important jobs uh, that will sustain families here in the London area for, uh, for years to come. The question of principle that when Canada signs a contract uh, with another country, uh, that contract is respected, uh, is one that we should all uh, be very, very uh, alert to the fact that we need to respect. To follow up, sir, are there any countries whose human rights records would disqualify them in your eyes from trade with Canada? Uh, we have uh, a uh, very, very uh, nuanced and robust uh, engagement with the world. Uh, there are countries uh, like Iran with which we are beginning to uh, open up diplomatic relations uh, and uh, you know, look at the P5 plus one uh, steps as uh, positive steps. I think there, are, uh, there is an understanding that uh, we need to engage uh, commercially but also uh, around human rights in order to create good outcomes, uh, not just for Canadians, but for people around the world. Uh, that has always been Canada's position, and we will always understand that uh, creating economic opportunities here in Canada and uh, for people around the world, particularly in difficult areas, uh, is something that needs to go hand in hand with standing up loudly and clearly uh, to defend human rights and promote Canadian values and solutions around the world. In a time where Canada is truly shining for being progressive and really taking steps in a positive direction and gaining a lot of international notoriety, it scares me to know that these, th this contract and this weapons deal is being backed so vehemently by our government when obviously they're supporting a country who is doing disgusting, horrible things that we would never allow to happen in Canada. There's a lot of controversy because before a government can sign a trade contract or an export contract, it's hoped that the, there's a, a process in place to evaluate what the potential risks are for trading, for instance, arms to a government who is tyrannical and will do anything in their power to stop dissent and stop the counterculture from rising up. And I don't necessarily want to be a part of something that involves people's basic human rights being squashed on by a government. And I, I really, really feel uncomfortable about Canada having any role in that. So frankly, it's it's like Af it's like the United States' role in Afghanistan. It's it's disgusting to know that these 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 godsends that we we uh, uh, think are the one true rulers of our countries, be it Obama, be it Trudeau, the, these people who we throw so much worship and praise and and authority behind are still getting away with doing some of the most disgusting and contributing to some of the greatest atrocities that, that the earth has ever seen. And it's not until we call people out, call our governments out for their, their actions, will we, will we see some sort of change and some sort of honest transparency from our government when it comes to things like supplying a fascist government with arms that they therefore and then use on their own people. The closest thing to an apology we have received from our government was a statement after uh, a documentary came out showing the Saudi Arabian government using the Canadian-made vehicles 
in an effort to crush a protest, the, the statement from the government went something along the lines of that the Canadian government does not deny the possibility of Canadian-made equipment being used to violate human rights, and that's just disgusting. And Trudeau, I... I like I said, it's hard for me to shit on him for all the things that I do think he has done well, but it's it's not it's gross. It's out of character. It's out of Canadian character to watch or, or hear a prime minister not even begin to recognize that maybe this deal that is being so very much protested and brought into the light refused to even acknowledge the possibility of human rights violations going on and that labeling this primarily as an economic issue really kind of sheds light on the government's true intentions when dealing with foreign countries. Well, that pretty much does it for The Chronicle this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. I do appreciate, even if you put it on and mute the speakers, because I like to watch the view count go up, and it gives me a spike of dopamine and makes me feel really, really great. Um, don't really have too much else to say. Uh, get in touch with me if you want to hear some of your music on the show. And like I said, today I'm going to be a little bit lazy and do some self-promotion here with a song I wrote called Ampersand. It was recorded at Echo Studios with Riley Farmer, and we have a cool... Um, my friend Tanner and I shot a cool music video with the very talented Curtis Ar or Curtis Watson, um, who did a cool music video for us at our old high school, and that's the track I'm going to leave you with. So, again, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, remember that you're exactly where you need to be, and hopefully you enjoy this track. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>